Hey, I'm Steve Folland. How are you doing? Welcome to another one. This episode of Being Freelance is supported by FreeAgent, the online accounting software that puts you in control of your freelancer finances. To claim your one-month free trial, visit freeagent.com slash beingfreelance. But right now, let's find out what it's like being freelance for musician Rachel Mason. I think if you want something enough and you dislike your life enough, you'll push and push and push and push until you get there always do your absolute best because even a performance that doesn't feel like it's a big deal you just never know where that might take you yeah I love having goals and really big dreams and just think okay well how would I do that if there were no limitations if there was no financial no time limitations how would I go about this is it possible I used to just keep working working even when I was watching TV I'd still be sending emails or doing something and my husband was like yeah sometimes just relax you don't have to work all the time yeah so there is Rachel who is currently freelancer of the year that's a competition run every year here in the UK by Ipsy who are the association for independent professionals in the self-employed i.e us yeah so they do this uh, award and she won it so that's that's how I came to hear about her and I'm really looking forward to hearing her story we had a musician on last season as well and sometimes you, you think well surely that's a very different life to you know graphic designers or photographers or writers or coders or so on and so forth but actually yeah there was loads of nice parallels with uh, with the last one so looking forward to this um Lots going on over at beingfreelance.com. Click through on community and come find us. So many lovely freelancers from all around the world waiting to become your new BFFs, your Being Freelance friends. So uh, click on community at beingfreelance.com. Also, I'm still doing my vlog. That's my videos over on YouTube. So if you like this, maybe give that a go as well. That would be awesome. Hit subscribe, turn on notifications, yada, yada, yada. But you know what? If you enjoy these podcasts and you've never left a review of them, then maybe maybe you could add that to wherever you have your to-do list this week because it makes a difference to uh, podcasters and I I very rarely bother mentioning it and uh, and somebody reminded me the other day but it's really worth doing so uh, please if if you can because it really does make a difference to the way that podcasts get found you know and get recommended so if you enjoy this please go wherever you get your podcasts for example like Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts and leave a review thank you so much if you do send me a little link so I can check it out but anyway, let's move on to this week's guest. Based in Bristol, here in the UK, that is freelance musician Rachel Mason. Hey, Rachel! Hi! Okay, as ever, how about we get started hearing how you got started being freelance? Okay. 15 years ago now, I was working in a job that I really hated in admin, which was just maybe really miserable. And um, I'd always been a singer and done a degree in music, but I, I really wanted to teach singing and um, run choirs and things so I thought okay right I'm just gonna start doing it as a kind of side hustle just a kind of little bit in the evening and gradually that built up and built up and built up so much so that I actually couldn't also do my day job which was just incredible so I was able to give up the day job and as the dream of all freelancers and went into teaching uh, teaching from home privately and then teaching lessons in schools. Would you teach online or was it all in person then? All in person so I'd have people at my house in my little studio and then I would go into schools during school time and teach um, privately in one of their little practice rooms at their school. And how did you go about getting that work, finding those clients? Um, Tenacity basically. I I think if you want something enough and you 
dislike your life enough you'll push and push and push and push until you get there and that's that's definitely what I did I just used to come home because I, I worked fairly near home so I would come home every lunchtime and I would spend the whole of my lunchtime on the computer emailing every school in the area and loads of different sort of private schools and things trying to get them sort of interested in having me come and teach for them and a couple of them said yes which began me being able to kind of build up my, my client base so it's it's mainly that doing lots of little bits of online advertising and um, you know putting a, a poster up in the local shop and <laughs> that kind of thing it just sort of snowballed which is I feel so blessed that that happened because it could easily have you know not and then I would have had to stay at my job and I'd probably still be there now <laughs> yeah so you were teaching people and then were you performing as well uh, yeah I was doing much more performing then um, I started running a show choir with a couple of friends at that time just when glee was massive so show choirs were the new thing <laughs> which um, felt very fortuitous timing so we got an enormous amount of stuff and that's why I was the musical director but I also performed in the group which was amazing. So we performed as part of the um, Britain's Got, Ta- Got Talent Spellbound tour. Um, and then we went to New York and performed there and Hollywood and Dublin and the Royal Albert Hall and lots of crazy stuff. Whoa, kind of, why? Yeah. Because you entered Britain's Got Talent, was that? No, bizarrely, it, it was. we'd only been together about three months um, as, a, as a choir. We were quite small then and we performed in the foyer space at the Colston Hall in Bristol. So it wasn't even the main stage. And um, there's lots of balconies there. So people often kind of look down at you, like, you know, can view you performing from above. And we didn't realise that one of the people watching us was actually the booker for the Britain's Got Talent tour. And Spellbound, the um, acrobats, had just won yeah. Brits Got Talent that year. So they were doing a tour, but they couldn't do a full show. So this lady was looking for other acts that would kind of complement it, the same kind of things that the audience members who liked Spellbound would enjoy. And she was thinking, oh, Glee Choir would be brilliant. Where am I going to find one? And then we then we were right there performing. And she, she just booked us and we were like, oh, okay. It just goes to show you never know who's watching wherever you might be putting yourself. Exactly. That's one of the bits of advice I always give my students. Just always do your absolute best because even a performance that doesn't feel like it's a big deal, you just never know where that might take you. And then from that performance, that was filmed by one of the dads of the girls in our choir. And then the American Show Choir Championship saw it and booked us to perform in New York as the first international guest choir to go out and perform which was pretty cool (laughs) my jaw has actually dropped (laughs) that's so lovely though there's an element of luck isn't there but equally it's putting yourself out there as well as being good so where did it go from there how did you capitalize on that Uh, oh my gosh we just so many things it was it was a bit mad glee was very very popular in those first couple of years of it being on television so we we did a lot of stuff loads of local performances and bigger things and and I'm people refer to me as um, a fairy godmother because if they ask me for something I will make it happen generally so one of my one of my the choir members was like oh I know I'd love to perform at the Albert Hall I went all right (laughs) and I worked out a way to make that happen and um, so we performed as part of the Bernardo's performance there which was wonderful because we were able to raise lots of money for the charity as well and um, it was just yeah, it was a, an absolutely amazing moment just looking around the Royal Albert Hall knowing we were we were singing there. 
So if somebody says to you, or you say to yourself, I want this to happen, and then you say that you can always figure out a way, like if I'm listening to this and I'm thinking, okay, well, how can I do that myself? Like if I want to get somewhere, like how 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 are you engineering it? A lot of it is is searching for the like endless internet searches. Thank God we have the internet. It'd be impossible without it. But you can you can search for the right kind of thing or the right person to speak to, and, and then just just contact people and the worst they can say is no or just ignore you and you know that's not going to harm you forever if someone says no um that's what i find and if you're sort of nice and charming then people are usually fairly nice to you and that's generally how how things have happened for me i just sort of push at things until i can kind of (laughs) find a way in and then just endear myself to people (laughs) as much as possible and did you have like a website and stuff that people could could see what you as an individual as well as you as a choir were doing um, I didn't actually have one then I do now um a few years ago I had some sort of extra money and thought right I'm gonna do a, have a proper website done but no I didn't really have my own one then I was I was um recording things under a, a kind of pseudonym so I had a website for for that but you wouldn't know that was me necessarily so yeah it took me actually quite a long time to have have a website for my business because I think I guess I didn't really think I was a business which sounds really silly but I didn't even really consider myself a freelancer or anything I just thought oh this is just my life this is just stuff that I do and I I didn't think I was I don't know worthy of a website I guess or that anyone would be interested in actually looking at it yeah it took me a while to kind of feel like there was something actually worth showing people so back into your story then. So you're in New York, you're playing the Albert Hall. Yeah, what happened next? Well, we then got asked to perform in Hollywood. Um, and what was lovely is a lot of the very, very famous show choirs are based in L.A. So we went out to L.A. and we worked with a lot of those choirs. So the choir that Glee is based on and their um, choir room is an exact replica of this choir's choir room so it's very weird stepping in there it's like going on a tv set um and they they've been on the oprah winfrey show and everything they're just amazing so meeting them and working with them was incredible and um i've worked with quite a lot of show choir directors all over the world um, even though it's it's predominantly an american thing and, and canada also have quite a lot of them britain are very much behind in that we're not you know we're not show choir specialists so i found it amazing that they wanted my input and wanted me to do arrangements for them and I think yeah but I'm British I don't know anything what do you do you are the people who do show choir so um from all of that I got to go all over the place and judge show choir competitions so I met loads of people doing that lots of other show choir specialists all over the world and they're just the loveliest people and they're all freelance in in what they do so we've all stayed in touch so we we do lots of bits of songwriting together and do stuff for different charities and you know if they happen to be over here or I happen to be over there we try and catch up if we can yeah I feel so blessed that I've made all those friendships they're just incredible people yeah I mean I guess in many ways the fact though that you were British made you then stand out made you more recognizable yeah I guess so they all found my accent hilarious Um, (laughs) oh my god you're so British oh thank you yes (laughs) and they they really liked the way we we seem to do things because we don't have the rules and regulations that their competitions are quite heavily regulated. Um, whereas we were just going out there as the guest stars, so we could just do whatever we liked. <laughs> we didn't have to do, you know, 
38 seconds of a cappella singing in the middle of a song and then this and that and you know things so we had much more freedom and I think they liked some of the arrangements I did and the kind of unusual things I like mashing up a, a song with a very different style it's like we did a jazz version of Chelsea Dagger which they all loved because it they just don't do anything like that so they were like oh my gosh that's so that's so cool so I've been asked to do lots of things like that and help mentor choirs all over the world which um, which I love doing it's so nice to be able to help encourage sort of teenagers and young adults to you know fulfill their potential and be confident and achieve as much as they want to and so while all this is happening and you still hadn't even realized perhaps that what you were doing was being self-employed or being a business <laughs> yeah you must have still been managing it like you still had to quote people you still had to get paid you still had to keep your expenses like how did you stay on top of all of that um well at the time i was i'd just gone through a divorce actually and i think that kind of spurred me on to think I can do this on my own and I've got a very my parents live nearby and they're very very supportive and my dad always helped me with my accounts because I'm a little bit useless at math so I've got a lovely strong family unit but then I was I was basically just single for like seven years so I could just absolutely throw myself into into my business travel as much as I wanted and work stupid hours sometimes I'd be arranging at two in the morning and you know you're doing weird things like that so I could like my business became my boyfriend essentially so I was able to do lots and lots and lots of stuff and 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 then I met my now husband um and everything got rebalanced a little bit because I actually wanted to spend time with another human (laughs) so and now we've got two children so I have to think very carefully about what I take on and what I say no to because I don't want to leave them for a long you know for for like a week because they're you know they're very little still how old are they um our little girl is almost two and a half and our little boy is um, 11 months. He's he's one in a couple of weeks. Wow. They're little, little people. <laughs> and how did that then change? You, you, you kind of hinted at it, but that change in your personal life, like how did you balance that out with this work life that you've been able to throw yourself into so well? Um, initially, not that easily. I found it quite hard because I was used to being quite nocturnal. I just do things at funny times that my husband had a a normal nine to five job so we'd literally never see each other if I kept up that lifestyle so it took me a while to kind of adjust to it and stop working sometimes I used to just keep working working even I was watching tv I'd still be sending emails or doing something and my husband was like yeah sometimes just sometimes just relax you don't have to work all the time and so he really taught me how to relax which I I hadn't I wasn't very good at now I'm much better at it and I have to try and separate things so I would reply to email if if a student messaged me late at night and said oh can you bring such and such in tomorrow for me to sing I'd reply then whereas now I think no that's that's not really business hours so I'll do that tomorrow I'm a little bit more sensible and protective of my kind of personal my family time otherwise it could it can just being freelance it's just spilled because you work from home generally and it just spills over into your personal life very very easily and then you find there's no separation so it's um yeah it took me a while to to get used to that but particularly when the children came along I wanted to actually spend time with them and watch them grow up rather than always having my head in my laptop you know doing things and, and missing out 
So that's changed things a lot. Yeah. So back into your story again, <laughs> because I feel like we're not done. So back touring, but also judging. So you started judging on other singing competitions across the States, yeah, right? Yeah, um, States and Canada and Ireland. And um, I was doing quite a bit of a cappella judging then as well. There's a competition in the UK called um, the Voice Festival which is fantastic. It's mostly collegiate a cappella groups. So a lot of universities now have at least one a cappella group um, in, like, as part of the university. Um, so I think Bristol University has about five. It's insane amount of a cappella groups. And they're amazing. So I went and judged their competitions and did some workshops for them. And then from that, um, I just given like, – Layla, our daughter, was – um she was eight weeks old and I had an email from Sky Television asking me to come and be a judge on a new show a new acapella show they were doing for Sky One and I couldn't really believe it I was standing there in my maternity wear covered in baby vomit just (laughs) thinking yeah I don't think I'm really the kind of person you want. I'm not TV ready. This is this is not what you want for your show. I'm not the person. And so I spoke to them and said, look, I've just had a baby. I don't I don't think I'm really what you want. And they were like, no, no, we really, we really, really do want you. How are we going to make this happen? And I went, um, I don't know. I spoke to my husband and he said, well, we could do it if if we all went. So if I took my husband and baby, because I couldn't go away for a week away from my tiny newborn but if we all went we could I would see her enough to to balance that out so they were like yeah (laughs) they said yes and we were like okay so they put us up in this massive suite in a fancy London hotel um so my husband and baby would go off during the day and the little baby Bjorn off on the tube going to have (laughs) adventures across London and I would be taken to the studio in my maternity joggers and then they'd you know get me dressed and makeup and hair and stuff and I'd look like a normal human ready to judge people (laughs) which was the most bizarre week of my life kind of lapsing from this kind of mum to a television (laughs) personality (laughs) it was very strange but absolutely incredible and the the rest of the panel were all acapella specialists and just the loveliest people and we've all stayed friends and we quite often end up judging together or working together for different things and it's just been been so nice to to have them as part of my life they're so intelligent and so kind and yeah that was a that was a pretty kind of life-changing experience because so many things will come from that because once you've got a kind of the kind of rubber stamp of you are worthy to be on television kind of thing people <laughs> people just go oh yes of course we'll have you as part of this because you did you did that so um I've been able to do so many other things because of that show which was um incredible what kind of things have have you done like has your business then changed are you still running a show choir in the meantime well um we ended euphoria when we just came back from hollywood in in 2015 so there were some sort of differences in the (laughs) the leadership that's probably the best way of saying it um and then my my friend and I, one of the other ladies from Euphoria, she and I um, set up a new show choir called Amplify, which she and I run. And we performed in uh, the 25th anniversary celebrations at Disneyland Paris and done some stuff on Gareth Malone's tour and bits like that. So that was, that's been really fun. So the original show choir doesn't exist, but a new one does. So that's been 
really nice to have a new and slightly different kind of thing to work on. So we set that up in 2015 and it's still running now. Brilliant. And the things that have happened since since I did sing Ultimate Acapella, gosh, um, people approach me all the time for kind of product advertising and kind of weird things like that. And then I was invited to join the judging team for the Well Child School School Choir of the Year Awards, um, which I absolutely love doing. And they're always lovely school choirs that sing sing a song together, and then we we sort of judge which one's best, and then they get to perform at the Well Child award ceremony in front of Prince Harry because he's their patron so I kind of work with the choirs and help with their performance and um and then yeah last year when I was massively pregnant I was like weeks from giving birth I met Prince Harry and Meghan and that was um that was amazing (laughs) I didn't think that was gonna happen in my life (laughs) you said at one point where you you know like you felt like oh do I belong here in fact there's been a few instances where it's kind of been a bit like that but you obviously step past it, right? Yeah, I think it's it's the imposter syndrome, isn't it? And I think most freelancers probably have that. L- lots that I've spoken to always think, oh, well, I'm just normal. I'm just nothing, really. Um, and so you you don't see what other people see from the outside. So, yeah, you have to kind of, I sort of this feel the fear and do it anyway thing. So even when it's something I haven't really done before, I just think, oh, well, what's the worst that can happen? Um, and I usually find if if you just just go for it it turns out okay generally i think i've i've worked out what i'm good at and what i'm not good at and i think that's a a huge thing that was a huge turning point because i hate doing my accounts and stuff i just found a lovely accountant and and i was like oh that's amazing because i don't have to think about that at all now she can just do it all for me and like trying to build websites on my own i'm useless at that as well and so i've got people to do that for me and it's just working out your strengths and weaknesses because there's no one who's good at everything and I'm certainly not good at everything um ask anyone who tastes my cooking and they'll go yeah that's someone who's not good at everything <laughs> <laughs> and are you somebody who sets goals sets plans yeah I'm I'm ridiculously kind of goal oriented to a kind of stupid degree sometimes um So I have a like on my phone, I have a kind of to do list, which is sort of my day to day stuff I need to get through. And then I have these kind of big like career goals list and then a kind of um, bucket list for like family stuff and things. And I I, there's nothing I love more than like ticking stuff off a list (laughs) just makes me so happy. (laughs) Um, And so I yeah, I love having having goals and, and like really big dreams and just think okay well what how would I do that if there were no limitations if there was no financial no time limitations how how would I go about this is it possible and that's quite often how bizarre things have happened in my life like I I own a I right now run a um, artist management business because I just thought yeah I, I could I could do that <laughs> so I do that <laughs> and then um I set up Lyrical Light, which is my, um, I had really, really bad postnatal depression after both of my children. And um, I found doing creative things like songwriting really helped me through that. And um, and I didn't publicly admit it, so only a tiny number of people knew how much I'd struggled. And then I thought, actually, this isn't good to, to keep this in because people think I'm some kind of goddess who just sails through you know filming a tv show with a little baby and I was like it really wasn't like that I was I was crying in the toilets you know 80% of the day and I thought yeah I'm, I'm being I'm being unfair to other people 
if I come across like I'm perfect because I'm I'm just far from it so I kind of public you know sort of admitted it on Facebook and various social media and the amount of people who sort of came out of the woodwork and were like oh my gosh I also had postnatal depression people from all over the world contacted me it was amazing so from that I set up um, these workshops called Lyrical Light where I go and work with women and men who have who've had postnatal depression and together we write a song um, kind of representing their kind of journey through it and then so they've got this lovely creative thing to show for a really hard time in their lives wow what a lovely thing to yeah to do so are we now up to date <laughs> in your story uh, i think so i think I that's like most things what else has happened yeah i think that's it <laughs> and now uh, i mean sure you're a freelancer you're self-employed but it's almost like you've got lots of little businessy things on the go it's like you've got a very diverse stream income stream I guess going yeah it's it's yeah my my main income comes from running choirs and teaching singing privately and that kind of balances out some of the other things which might not make as much money but are things I really feel like I want to do for the community and for you know people who are struggling with mental health issues so they kind of balance out quite nicely I like having lots of different things because I think um I always found this at school you know when you're doing GCSEs and you've got about a billion subjects to do um I would swap between them so I do a bit of English homework and then a bit of music and then a bit of something else and they always say that um a change is as good as a rest expression which I do find works for me so I I still do that now so I'll do a bit of invoicing for something and then I'll um do a bit of songwriting and then I'll go and teach for a bit and then I'll do something else and I find that sort of keeps it all quite fresh and I don't get I don't get bored and sort of stuck doing the same thing because you you kind of run out of challenges after a while and with I love I absolutely adore my students but the same pattern tends to happen like you start teaching them when they're quite young and then they go right through school with you teaching them and they go right through all their grades and do brilliantly and that's lovely and then they go off to university and then the same pattern happens again with all different students so you essentially are doing the same thing over and over again and you can teach different songs but but I've already proved to myself over 15 years that I can do this and I like having a challenge I like being a little bit afraid sometimes and thinking oh can I can I do this so so yeah I I love having quite a diverse and bizarre career (laughs) and it's funny because you said that you didn't feel like a freelancer that you didn't feel like business self-employed for so long and yet First, I come across you is when your face is on the front of a magazine because you've won Freelancer of the Year here in the UK. Like yeah. uh, last, no, this year. This year, this year yeah. I am the current, the reigning queen yeah. of freelancing or something like that. But yes, <laughs> yeah, that was like the best moment of my life. I think winning that 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 just completely floored me. I had, n- I really didn't think I would win. I I only applied for it because I was up in the middle of the night feeding my baby. And I was just going through my phone because it was three in the morning. And I just saw this sort of advert to to apply for, for that. And I thought, oh, yeah, I guess I, I am actually freelance, aren't I? Because I don't, I'm not employed by anyone. Hmm. And that's the first time I'd ever really used that term for myself, which is really strange. So I'd applied for it and thought, oh, well, I'll never get picked. They'll have loads of clever people. And then I had this email from from Ipsy's a few weeks later saying you're in the final six and I, I think I, I think I replied you meant you did mean me Rachel Mason you didn't mean 
somebody else. You, you, <laughs> you did. I, I just thought there's no way, no way. And then I got to go to, to London to meet all the other freelancers for all the different awards who were all just the loveliest. They're like just like my tribe. You know, you just you all get each other. And then to do a little presentation about my job and what I do in five minutes, which was uh, interesting because I was like, God, I do like so many things. How am I going to get that into a five minute presentation? And that seemed to go okay. Um, And then, yeah, the award ceremony, they do a big thing and announce the winner. And as they were, they were talking about the winner before they announced my name and they were sort of describing the winner in fairly loose terms to begin with and they got more specific and my husband um he wasn't sitting with me I, had, I was sitting with all the finalists and a cu- couple of things in and he he said to the person next to him it's Rachel it's it's Rachel and, and I was I was still thinking oh it's not me it's not me. it can't be me come on and then I won and my face is just hilarious with a photograph of me just looking completely dumbfounded as I went and received my award I just couldn't couldn't believe it but that's been an absolutely enormous benefit to my life in so many ways really in what ways well you get the prize money so that you get five thousand pounds to spend on your business that's been massively helpful because I was just launching lyrical light and my music management business then which is called listening color so I needed quite a bit of um, money behind both of them to get the websites up and running and things. I could buy some more rec- recording equipment and a new laptop and lots of bits that I needed but couldn't normally afford. So that made a massive difference. And then I get coaching from Aon, which is this enormous, amazing company. You help you with management and marketing and financial things. It's just incredible. And just, just meeting all the other freelancers, it, they just... They're just absolutely incredible, inspirational people. And quite a few of us have started working together on little projects for different things because we just got on so well and thought, oh, yeah, we could we could do this together and we could do this. And- yeah, that's nice. So even though they weren't musicians like you, you all had a lot of in common anyway. Absolutely. Yeah, they all do. some of them are, are really creative, um, but in, in completely different ways. But they're just they just they just get the whole freelance lifestyle and they're just they're really inspired people they're they're so good at what they do and they're just, they're just generous and kind and it's it's just a real pleasure to to do anything with them to have anything any contact with them is always so lovely because you you just sort of pick each other up a bit because you don't really have that in, when you're freelance you don't have a boss to say well done you're hitting your targets here's a bonus you just sort of bumble along thinking okay no one's complaining about what i'm doing so i'm assuming i'm i'm okay um so when when people truly understand what you do and say you're you're doing a really good job that means so much because it can be quite a lonely life as a freelancer can't it yeah and obviously you've been doing well enough anyway for 15 years or so <laughs> but so I'm wondering like what what with that aon you know with that coaching and stuff like what what difference does that make like what what have you picked up from that uh, well I've still got most of my sessions to go actually because they've booked it all in for me I'm not great at marketing and things I don't really know much about that because I've never had to really do any marketing because I, I live in um, a village so everybody knows everybody and all the villages around so that's how word of mouth has generally built up my singing teaching practice and things and I've got enough of a name as a workshop leader and that kind of thing to, to get sort of the big sort of national and international workshops to lead but yeah so this this would take me to a whole other level that I've just never investigated so that's that's really exciting yeah 
It's funny though, isn't it? When you think about marketing, we kind of think about advertising, but really yeah. you're marketing just by doing what you do and being yourself and yeah. all those people yeah. knowing you and experiencing what it's like to be around you, presumably anyway. Yeah. And I think I've, I forget that like we, we, as freelancers, we are the product as well. They're buying into you when they hire you. They're not, not just the thing that you can do, but they are booking you as opposed to somebody else so there's obviously something about your personality they like or the way you do things which is it can be quite hard to accept because you just feel kind of normal yourself but other people see you as a kind of commodity that they want to have a part of which is amazing really yeah nice now I always do this thing where I ask for three facts about yourself to make two true and one a lie and let me figure out the lie what do you have for me Rachel okay I handed over a cup of sick to security at Toronto airport Uh, despite being a singer i don't have enough lung power to blow up a balloon (laughs) (laughs) yep and i mistakenly auditioned for a children's cooking show tv cooking show but i can't actually cook okay uh (laughs) how did you end up with a cup of sick Uh, i'm a migraine sufferer so i get i get migraines every (laughs) now and again and i'm really really sick when i have them um so i was in canada judging the show choir championships over there and was fine the day I was judging thankfully but the day I had to return home I had a really bad migraine and was just and had to get back to the airport in a taxi so we had to keep pulling the taxi over so I could be sick and then of course you can't once you're in the queue for going through airport security you can't get out of the queue so I was holding a cup and just threw up in the cup and then the security guard was like okay you you have to hand over all of your liquids and I was like well here's my vomit (laughs) <laughs> and being Canadian, they were so polite and lovely, but he looked quite horrified that it, it was a coffee cup and he did not think it was going to be vomit. You can't blow up a balloon. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what's wrong with me. My husband finds it hilarious. I just, I literally can't do it. And it's quite embarrassing. Like at youth group and things, sometimes you have to blow up a balloon and write something on it so we could burst it symbolically. And I just couldn't, I'd make the most pathetically. It would it would blow up, I don't know, two millimeters. I just couldn't. I just can't do it. I don't know what's wrong with my my breath control, but yeah. But I can sing, so I don't know. I don't know why. <gasps> Weird, eh? <laughs> and then I don't understand this bit of the last one. How you <laughs> accidentally end up auditioning for a kids' cooking show? Well, I was auditioning for something on CBBS, um, which was meant to be a kind of singing kind of thing with kids which is like all CBeebies has stuff like that um and then they'd sort of changed the audition and so they they wanted it to be um that you you also did cooking while you were singing and I was like oh god well I I literally can't cook so so I did it anyway It, it didn't didn't go very well hence me not being on CBeebies but um yeah still went through the audition of trying to cook an egg or whatever it was I can't even remember now but yeah that it oh yeah, my gosh did not okay get the job. <laughs> um and for those listening around the world I mean maybe you know I don't know I don't know how famous CBeebies is but it's the big <laughs> little kids tv channel in the UK okay right you see that sounds plausible and I'm totally on board with the cup of sick <laughs> I don't quite understand how you can't blow a balloon up because simply because having blown balloons up for a long time <laughs> like you you blow and then you squeeze and then you take a breath and then you blow again like as in it doesn't really matter how 
big your lung capacity is. So unless maybe you're simply unable to connect with the nozzle of a balloon. Uh, but then equally, I can't understand how you could make that up <laughs> unless you've taken a fact and twisted it as in you're the best blower up of a balloon and you once won an award for blowing wow. up the balloon the quickest. And this is where <laughs> that lie has come from. But anyway, I don't know. I'm going to go with blowing up a balloon. You can blow up balloons. You're amazing at it. No, totally useless. Cannot blow up a balloon ah! at all. <laughs> okay, in that case, the kids' TV show was the lie. Yes. <sighs> now, if you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance, what would that be? I think not to be afraid. I think we spend a lot of time, particularly when we're younger, thinking, oh, well, who am I to do these things? There's always going to be people better than me. And what's the point? I'm going to fail. I spent a lot of time doubting myself um, and to, to just to have more courage and not be not be afraid as much. I think that's probably the thing that held me back at the beginning. Nice. Well, it's amazing to hear how you've gone from hating your admin job <laughs> to creating your, your own dream jobs. Go to beingfreelance.com and you'll find links through to everything that Rachel is up to and how to find it online so you can say hi. Uh, while you're there, check out the videos like the vlog and the articles. Click on community and come through and join loads of other freelancers from around the world uh, right there in the Being Freelance community as well. And don't forget, if, like myself and like Rachel, Rachel, you are a freelancing parent. The other podcast I do is called Doing It For The Kids with Frankie from the Doing It For The Kids community. So search for Doing It For The Kids wherever you've got your podcast from this time and hit subscribe on that as well. Uh, but for now, Rachel, thank you so much and all the best being freelance. Pleasure. Pleasure.